When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The Five Star Zone with Rico Beard. Hey, guys. Welcome to another edition of the Five Star Zone. Rico Beard, Evan Jenkins on the other side. And uh, Evan, got a big basketball game coming up this Saturday. Michigan to Michigan State. Let's fingers crossed hope that it takes place at the Breslin Center, 1230 Saturday afternoon. Um, Michigan coming off of a win. Michigan State coming off of a loss. I'll be honest with you. I, this is one of those styles makes the fight. Both teams could have an advantage. Both teams could have a disadvantage. It really depends on a couple of key players and what they do and how they step up. And, and I think this may be a game where if you're MSU, you're, you're going to need the crowd. Uh, I got a feeling, you know, Michigan State's going to artificially create some noise. Mel Tucker's got a big recruiting day. They'll probably bring out the Peach Bowl championship trophy at halftime to try to fire up the troops. We're going to get into the actual game in a few minutes, but kind of recap what happened to the two teams and how they got there this week. Michigan played Northwestern, and Evan, we were in Vegas, and we saw what happened when Northwestern went to Michigan State. They were scrappy. They hung around. They did what they had to do. They held the Spartans down, and they walked away with a road victory. Damn near did that last night where Northwestern goes into Chrysler. Game looks like a blowout. And then all of a sudden, Northwestern came back. And not only did they come back from being down double digits in the second half, they took a seven-point lead. Yeah, they were down from 10 and went up seven. And then managed to give that lead back to them with about five minutes left in the game. Free throws, people. You got to hit your free throws. And everything aligned for Northwestern to win with Hunter Dickinson going out. And then Diabate goes out the next possession. Right. You're up 62-55. And, yeah, you figure, oh, Michigan's two big guys are out. You're just going to drive to the basket. They bring in a a walk-on to come in for Dickinson instead of Brandon Johns, which we'll have to get into with that whole situation that – Took place last night. I, we could get into it right now. I just think they've lost confidence in Brandon Johns. Brandon Johns is either good or awful. Or awful. But you know that within a few minutes. And last night was bad Brandon Johns. Well, and then the whole incident with the shoe falling off and deciding to put it on on the other side of the court, but not putting it on. He not literally back. stopped play and tie, and went to try to get his shoe on, and it was a five-on-four and Northwestern converted. Did he hit a three on that possession? Yeah, it was at the. It was in the first half, yeah. and it was just unbelievable. I don't think I saw him again in the second half. And then he like tossed his shoe, and then they were, Juwan was his son. Like, just, get out of here. Come here. Sit down. 
Put your shoe on. I mean, how many times have you seen a person just, just you know what? Chuck it and go play. I got I got one shoe on, one shoe off, and I'm gonna do my best, coach. And the next time out and the next dead <clears throat> ball, they'll call it. E- either that or when we get the ball back, I'll tell the ref I need to put my shoe back on. But you don't stop action to tie your shoe. And and it's crazy, but you know what? You have to give Michigan a lot of credit for that game. Because they overcame that. I mean, I think earlier in this year, going down seven, that team would have then been down 12, 15. Here's where you got to give Michigan a ton of credit is when Diamante went out and when Hunter Dickinson went out on back-to-back possessions with like a minute 30 to go, the game is truly in hand. I think at the time it was 62-60 Northwestern. They're winning. Your two big guns in the down low are out. It became Caleb Houston and the other guys. The bench players, the role players. Yeah, I mean. They all stepped up, whether it was a key pass, whether it was knocking. I mean, Houston's three to give Michigan the lead that they didn't ever relinquish was huge. It it was enormous. And just the skip passes that they were running out of that set. And you're right. When, when, I forget what's his name, Folds, is that it? When he's in there, you don't have to worry about doubling that guy in the post. But yet they brought it down on him. That all changes when your seven-foot All-American went to the bench. And, I mean, listen, Northwestern is going to surprise some people, but they're not a top team in the Big Ten. They're not. But they'll play you tough, and they'll make you they'll make you earn well, every last bit of it. That and, you know, Pete Nance just oh, basically – on those free um, throws. Like a 90% free throw shooter missing four. Yeah, it was it was wild. Ju- I mean, that's just some stuff you don't see. It wasn't like he's like a 50% free throw shooter. This guy's one of the best free throw shooters. Maybe it was the pressure, maybe it was the pink and the crowd. He he bricked him. He choked. And and he was coming off of a great game where I think he scored like 26 points and stuff and it it, it was just interesting to see all of that happen last night leading up to the Michigan State game this Saturday. Because, I mean, I'm sure we'll get into it. What Michigan State's coming off of is almost the exact opposite of what Michigan's coming oh, off Michigan of. Oh, Michigan State, the best way I can put it, they missed the layup. They missed the game-winning layup. They uncontested? Uncontested, <laughs> breakaway, game-winning layup. And you tried to go in and didn't know if you wanted to dunk or lay it up. And you pinned it up against the front of the rim and time expired. And you're looking at yourself like, what happened? Huh? What? What? You got to play a ranked team on the road in Illinois. Without. No Kofi Coburn, yep. no Andre Cabello. All they had was Frazier, the point guard. And then the other guard, too, I forget his name, that just fires away threes. You mean Goody? Yeah. No, yeah. 10. Oh, I was about to say, he comes off the bench, Evan. Rumler or something. I forget his name. I'll have to look but it up. But those were your, I mean, basically, Illinois is a three-headed monster. Yeah, okay. and, and all from the outside, essentially. And... They didn't have they they didn't have the people. MSU went in there. They jumped out to a like seven nothing lead, and then after that, they couldn't throw a penny in the ocean. They missed all types of shots. It started getting into their head. Max Christie man played the worst game ever as a Spartan. Plumber. That's who I was thinking of. Okay, Christie made one basket the entire game. He had open looks. He was one. He had one of the three critical shots that that yeah. If you want to look back, MSU loses the game, fifty-seven, fifty-six. He had a point-blank layup that Malik Hall found him under the basket. There was nobody around him. He blew it. 
Yeah, he he heard footsteps when there weren't even the footsteps around. Ball goes around. out of bounds, and now it's uh, it's it's Illinois' ball. You had Malik Hall once again hitting a basket. The ball's rattling inside the cylinder. Gay Brown decides he wants to try to tip dunk it. Realizes the ball's going in, but out of force of habit, grabs the rim. <clears throat> Shot is waved off. Joey Hauser, right before the half, drives to the basket, tries to lay it up off the glass. He missed that shot. That's six points right there. I mean, everything in the game said Michigan State won. They shot more free throws than them. They, you know, out-rebounded them by 13 rebounds. They got a ton, 11 offensive rebounds. You got 11 extra possessions. Well, and imagine how many of those were Joey Hauser. Had to have been three or four (laughs) at least. I mean, think about Evan. And then if I said, and Michigan State would only turn the ball over 10 times. You would think, well, how bad did they beat Illinois? They couldn't. Dude, they couldn't make any shots. I mean, they went 19 of 55, 34%. They had wide open shots that they just And they only took missed. 14 threes. I mean, so, you know, 41 after, of those shots are inside the three-point line, and you made 10 of them. 10 of 41, I mean, that's not very good it for wasn't. a major D1 team. They, and They dug themselves. They were, they were down double digits, and they've crawled. I mean, crawled. And, I've and, never seen such a slower comeback in my life. But that was the problem, is that they didn't have enough time in order to complete the comeback. And, yes, you can say, well, they had free throws with no time remaining. Listen, that's an unfair position to put a kid in who shoots 70% from the free throw line. And I was talking to uh, Kang from Carson Anderson yesterday. And I've been doing this weird thing over the last two years watching college basketball games. Numbers don't lie. And what I mean by that, when you see a free throw shooter come up to the line, look at what they've done for that game. Like Malik Hall was two of two. He's a 69% free throw shooter. I'm like, one of those aren't going in. Mm -hmm. More times than none. But it is funny because Frazier, who's like an 86% free throw shooter, missed the front end of a one-on-one to even make that happen. But what I want to ask you is what I thought was interesting at that end of the game. Tyson Walker's in that game. Passes up an open jump shot. Izzo's yelling at him to shoot that ball. Do you think we'll see more assertiveness out of Walker and Hogard? Like, Hogard played 16 minutes and was physically absent from that game. You couldn't have two more polarizing point guards right now. Tyson Walker, I think, has lost confidence. It seems that way, right? Tyson Walker is not used to Big Ten play. Tyson Walker is not used to being chastised and yelled at by Tom Izzo. Tyson what are you Walker, talking about? He said he grew up in New York and people yell from their windows. Yeah, Tyson <laughs> – no, but Tyson Walker to me seems like the guy who needs approval. And and maybe it's one of those disconnects with Tom where he has to realize, you know, in Tom's world, he, he wants a Mateen Cleaves. He wants a Travis Walton. Cassius Winston. He wants a – no, he wants a Tum Tum Nairn, a guy where he can yell at you and the kid will yell back and go respond. Cassius was different. It took Tom some years to realize Cassius didn't respond to that. Cat, Tom would yell at Cassius. Cassius would be like, whatever. Mm-hmm. And he would think, well, he doesn't care. Like, no, not everybody responds the same way. It's like children, one child, yes. The other, Cassius was more of a, and then you saw it like in the final couple of years, Cassius was more, put your arm around your shoulders, what do you think we should be doing? Talk it through and say, yeah. yeah. And well, okay. So, like, we've talked about this on past episodes, and I brought it up. He doesn't really get in Max Christie's ass like he does his other players. Right. So you think he should go more of that route with Tyson? Yeah, I, I think with Tyson, it may be more of a put your arm around, hey, what do you see? What can we do? What did you do wrong? 
Let's talk about it. What'd you do wrong? Let him talk it through and go back out there because you're seeing that every time Tyson's trying to plead his case and Tom's just like, bull crap, I don't want to hear it, okay? Shoot the damn ball. But, Coach, shut up and just do what I say, and it demoralizes him where, yeah, maybe he's one where you do have to put your arm around him and kind of coax him through because, I, I mean, a funny story, it was like, you know, back when he was yelling at Cassius and he was just like, oh, well, you know, I think Cassius – it was one game where he was just only feeding uh, Bridges. And Tom's like, well, you know, you're only going to feed your boys? Is that all you're going to do tonight? He was like, but I get an assist. <laughs> yeah, what do you say after that? Because the, it was a disconnect. Yeah. Now, later on, he realized Cassius ain't Draymond. He's not Mateen. Well, I can just... Or Denzel, where I can just yell at you and you respond. Yeah, it's almost like when Marcus Bingham messes up, the person talking to him isn't Tom Izzo. Right. It's Dwayne Stevens. Right. Instantly sits next to Stevens on that bench. That's every game. Watch it. When he comes yeah. out of the game, he goes right to him. And maybe that's a situation where you have somebody else talk to the guy. And no. because you're right, if you don't respond to that and that kills your confidence, then you're not. Well, you see, you know what floor. you see? You see hesitation. You see him not want to take the shot for fear of retribution. But what's crazy, too, is he let the team hit the most shot attempts on that game. No, because. He, all of a sudden, he started just driving to the basket, and if that's your shot, go. And he wasn't getting the calls like he was against but late um, in the game, Wisconsin. Late in the game, with that final possession, he took a shot that I'm thinking, okay, if the jumper falls, great. He shot it from the elbow, but like Tyson, just you know, your, use your quickness, drive to the basket, and either you get the double team and you kick it out for a wide-open three, or you do a Malik Hall. And if you miss the shot, you get contact and you get two free throws. He's mm-hmm. a better free throw shooter. I would have a little more confident with him going up to the line with, you know, with no time left. But yeah, AJ, AJ Hogart is he's crazy. He's the opposite. I, I often say when I'm watching the game, in AJ's mind, he's Kyrie. Uh, combined with Derrick Rose. But in his body, his body's like, dude, I can't make those moves. So he often tries to good dribble between three people, and it's a turnover. It's like, well, what 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 are you doing? Or I think about the breakaway that he had against uh, Wisconsin, where it's like, dude, just drive to the basket, lay it up, and dunk. Oh, where he but he purposely off. goes out of his way to shove the guy out. It's like, what? Why would you embrace the contact? And the, it, it here's was, the thing about this weird team. with him too, because he's the guy that puts his head down and goes straight to the rim. Here's the thing about this Michigan State team, and you, and you saw it last in the last game against Illinois. That was the dumbest game I've ever seen them play. I mean, they just did dumb things. Where, you know, if I, if I'm if I was Tom, honestly, I would have did my press conference. I would have took a shower, and I just got on the plane. I would have said no, I would have said nothing to my team till probably 48 hours later, because obviously. You guys don't listen to me. You do dumb things, dumb turnovers. I, I, I mean, the, the mistakes that they made were not the mistakes. People often say, well, you know, aren't they a Final Four team? And I'm like, not right now. This is a team that, yeah, I know they're ranked 10th and they'll probably drop because they lost, but they're 10th because a lot of teams before them lost. They don't have that. That one thing that's missing. And I don't know. I don't think it's necessarily the, the alpha dog. It's a mentality. 
and and you you kind of saw it in their two losses. When the game is on the line, they're hoping to win. You don't have the confidence somebody's going to make this play. It's fingers crossed. Let's hope somebody makes the play. Now, it worked to their advantage against Minnesota because Joey Hauser makes that layup. And you're right. like, but the, the entire time, you're like, you kind of stole that game. You, it, it, The ball went in. But it wasn't like, okay, you knew Hauser was going to take that shot. They don't have, at the end of the game, guy, clear out. And and I hate to keep using it. It's not fair, but it's true. You knew it was going to be Cassius. You knew it was going to be Denzel with the ball in his hand, figuring out who's going to get it next. Or maybe I just take the shot. Now it's, like, especially when they're having bad games, you almost just see people deferring, like, I don't want to be, be that, that guy, guy to miss yep. it. And and it's funny that you say that, too, because it does seem like every game there's a different guy that's playing better than the rest. Like, earlier this year, I would have said, without a doubt, it's Gabe Brown. I feel like Gabe Brown's kind of disappeared over the last couple of weeks. And Gabe, that's he has, and, very interesting to me because earlier this year, I thought he was going to take on that role of this is my team. I'm not going to let him fail. Almost kind of like Henry, Aaron Henry did at the end of last year. Right. I wasn't going to be the guy. Hey, but that look, let how, him down. look how long it took Aaron Henry to get there. Yeah. And then finally, at the end of the year, once he did that, they they went out and beat a lot of ranked teams, and he carried them into the tournament, into the playing game against UCLA. I think that has to be Gabe because Gabe has fallen in love with the three point shot, even in the Illinois game. When was Gabe most effective in transition? Yes. The dunks, the things like that. But when he he's not hitting his three, he takes himself out the game. It's like, Gabe, you're more athletic than this, where most people can't. I mean, even the, the drive and stop stop pull-ups. Yep. That, that works, but he's just, he runs down to that corner, and he just sits there and sits there. Yeah, it's weird and because sits there. athletically he is so talented. He he shouldn't have a problem getting right. to the rim. He can jump with the best of them too. And right, I mean in a game coming up against Michigan, if Gabe decided he was going to attack the rim and attack the basket, Michigan really doesn't have that defender that can stick can stick with him. No, and I think, you know, coming against that game at Michigan, you have to go at their bigs. Right. If you don't go after Dickinson and Diabate, that make that's what makes Michigan so dangerous are those two bigs down low. But if you get them out of the game, you can really dictate what you want to do if you, if you're playing eighty percent of what you should. You know. Now it's funny because um, the lineup they got him back in the game was the small lineup, and it was people out on the court, both point that guards. you just were like, well, how come Bingham's not out there? How come Marble's not out there? How come uh, Gabe wasn't out there? And and but it didn't make sense, but. They crawled back and gave themselves an opportunity to win the game. They just couldn't hit the final shots because, you know, Walker had that shot. He missed it. And then you, you could tell it was in Walker's head because he couldn't even foul Frazier. Yeah. He slid right past him, and Frazier's like, bruh, get it up. It was like John was trying to tackle Barry Sanders. Like, he just had no chance. And then, so they gave I up for three or four seconds, and then – I mean, I know it's a mad scramble to get back down the floor because it's not like the NBA where no, you can take you the know, time out. I, I give Malik Hall credit because it. he was like, if none of you bastards are going to do this, I'll do it. It was like the old uh, Doug Collins. Well, what did you say? I said, get the ball to Michael and everybody else get the F out of the way. Right. And, and it's like, dude, just go ahead. But that's what I wanted Tyson Walker to do on the possession before 
Malik goes, he misses it, he's got two free throws, and, you know, you're hoping that he would make them both just to send it to overtime. Uh, Illinois was in serious foul trouble. I think Michigan State would have won the game had it gone to, to overtime. But but didn't get there. They and didn't get there. Now they come in, they got Michigan. Um, for Michigan, I, I think, you know, Caleb Houston is going to be the key in this game on well, Saturday. Well, we see Max, Christie, and him one-on-one. You think that you they'll put, defend one another? I, I, I think that Christie will – Christie and Gabe will guard Houston. Um, honestly, I don't know. I think Michigan – you may see a lot more zone for Michigan to see can State hit their shots. Yeah, well, we know that – when Michigan State's hitting their threes, that's when they're at their best. I right. mean, that's what they did against Wisconsin is they seem to make all their open shots. And I don't want to be cliche and say throw the record books out, but, I mean, they're going to play tough. They are. But the thing is, you know, if they go man, you could I could see them going down low to try to get guys in foul trouble. If I'm Michigan, um, you know, maybe I'd, I'd test to see if you're going to hit your shots today. And if you're not hitting your shots, I'll stick in the zone. And you go, you go man sometime. But well, and that's how you protect your bigs from foul you trouble, You protect too. your bigs. You don't have to go so deep into your bench. You can keep your main guys out on the court. Uh, if you're MSU, yeah, it, it comes down to can you defend the three-point line because Michigan's going to want to shoot a ton of threes. Yep. And, you know, down – like I'm thinking for Michigan State, if you're Izzo – you probably want to do what you did last year when they beat Michigan, when Michigan was ranked. And it's a strategy that doesn't look good, but it pays off. You guard the perimeter, and you basically tell Hunter Dickinson, you can shoot all the layups you want. Those count as two. You're not shooting threes. You'll tire yourself out. It's it's what the Pistons did when they played Shaq and the Lakers. Yeah. Kobe's not going to beat us. Shaq, you can have every shot that you want because at the end of the game, you're going to be tired. They did the same against, I forgot the big man's name, when they played Purdue. Isaac Haas. Isaac Haas. And at the end of the game, Isaac Haas got fouled, and he was so tired he short-armed two free throws because they wore him down because it was the old rope-a-dope in basketball. Go ahead. You're going to score. We're going to make you earn the two points. We're going to put a body. You're going to see Maddie Sissoko. You're going to see all those guys. But eventually you'll make the basket. We know that. But you'll be tired by the end of the game. We're not going to give up the three. And Hunter Dickinson is so interesting to me, too, because he's a guy with the highs of the highs. He When he's going good, everything's going. When his confidence is at a high. But if you get him down a little bit, he gets frustrated quickly. He does. And he makes a lot of silly fouls. He does. Even at the end of the game last night. He made two fouls down the stretch where you're like, what are you doing? Like the frustration foul after his missed layup. Like, let it go, dude. It's over, and then his other foul down on the other end of the floor. It, it's going to come down to if you're Michigan, you can't have the second half collapse. No. That, that's their calling card. Yeah, did is, you see the stat yesterday? No, I'm, I'm just going loosely, but they're like a plus 119 points this year in the first half, and they were negative 13 points in the second half. Yeah, they, 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 yeah in the first half, you know, they'll jump out to a double-digit lead, but I always tell people, don't go anywhere. They'll find a way to – just collapse, and they just – not only do they go through a drought, the other team just, yeah, okay, now we're back, we're winning, and boom, 
And I think I think for this game, it is going to be so important in what we've talked about. It's going to be Tyson Walker and A.J. Hogard for Michigan State, and it's going to be Jones and Brooks for Michigan. Those two guards, if they have a bad game, usually Michigan has a very poor game as well. Eli I, think, Brooks is, I think Brooks will have a good game because he's used to that environment. Yep. Jones, not. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's going to be new. So this is one of those where, yeah, I think Eli Brooks – Man, he he, I, I could easily see him being Michigan's leading scorer in this game coming up because this is the one where you're going to have the crowd, you're going to have the noise, and you're going to have MSU angry who they're going to want to try to just knock Michigan out from the first basket. Yep. Keep this crowd into the game. As I said Mel Tucker's going to be there with his football team. Well, and it seems like every recruit that they've recruited this year is going to be at this game. Right. Like any big-time recruit will be I, there. I fully expect them to do a halftime thing where they bring out the Peach Bowl championship trophy, let Tucker fire up the crowd. And, yeah, and then I'm quite sure you're going to have the Izzone letting Michigan and Juwan Howard know how they feel that they ducked the game and, mm-hmm. you know, yelling. And this is one where – I th- Don't you say that, Rico. These kids, they would never do something oh, like that. Please. I'm just talking how people on Twitter that aren't fans of the team but cover the team are going to tell you. Okay, well. Yeah. But if you're not a fan, then why do you have such a strong – what do you care? Dude, I guess this is <laughs> his own. This ain't me. Okay? No, no, I'm just right. saying, like, the some. I'm sorry, I'm going to go off on a little tirade, but yeah, some of these ahead. writers that write for blogs – that defend the players, but then say that you're not a fan of the team. You can be a fan of the team and write for your blog, dude. I don't care. But it's when you try to say, no, I'm straight down the middle. There's no bias here, blah, blah, blah. Listen, I root for Michigan State openly. Dude, I, we, I get into this. I'm not a journalist. It, it's the levels of degrees. Well, I do this and I do that. Yeah, Wojo said something. But we're like, oh, well, you, you're a fan. You always comment when State wins. I'm like, because I graduated from there, Wojo. Well, and, and that's I where I have a hard and- time. Believe in. I know there's some people that will go to a school and not root for that school. I understand it. That's the 1%. That's the card. If you go to a school more times than none, you're rooting for that school, right. whether you're there five years after, 10 years after, 20 years after, because it's some of the oh, best dude. times of your life. I tell people all the it's time. It's not wrong to be a fan. You know what? After the Michigan-Michigan State game, you may not want to follow me on social media, especially if State wins for a couple hours. Right. Because at that point, I'm an alum. Listen, if I'm you're, not working the game, I'm not a journalist. I don't get extra points. You know, I'm a fan. I'm happy. They won. Yeah, I'm gonna have some fun. I wonder if all that's gonna change within journalism. You know how they there say is no journalism. You can't have bias, but yet go read any paper about any team. You're not gonna see the local writers criticize the team really. I mean, the Dude, Pistons here, are a prime example. They suck. Here's here's where that you can't have bias is gone out the window. There is no, oh, well, you got to be straight down the middle. Yeah, because if you're straight down the middle, then somebody would tell me how in the world Michigan was allowed to have a seven-minute press conference talking about Dr. Anderson with an interim president that you just fired through some email sex scandal and nobody was allowed to ask questions and nobody even nobody tried to ask questions. They just said, okay, Michigan, and walked away. So – for all those people who like, oh, well, you're a Sparty. Yeah, when you had an opportunity to be a air quotes journalist, you you, you swallowed your pen. Yeah, you, you chose not to. You were silent. You had nothing to say. Let alone has anybody ever found out 
why Xavier Simpson was driving Ward Manuel's wife's minivan in the middle of the night. No, we'll learn more about what happened with Jim Harbaugh and this coaching search than we'll ever know about that. So for those who give me that whole, well, you're not a journalist, yeah, you pick and choose. You <clears throat> you don't write the hard stories. You just go for the, the fruit well, that fell off the tree. You don't even go for the low-hanging fruit. You go for the rotted fruit on the ground. There was a story last weekend in the Detroit Free Press that said, here's why you can't count out Michigan State and Michigan in the Big Ten. I know. And I'm like – how can you group them together right now? One school's in first place. And the other team was in ninth place. Right. They're not comparable at that point in time. I understand what you're trying to say. Nobody counted Michigan State out of the Big Ten. Right. Who? If there's a story out there that I'm unaware of, feel free. Tweet it at me. Send it to my email. You know what? Drop it off at the front desk here at 97 the ticket, and I'll happily read it. But I don't know if I've ever – if anything, when they doubt Michigan State, they're a fourth-place finish. And huh. if you ask me, that's still pretty solid. If you, if you, you finish tournament. in the top four, you get the double bot. You start your first game on Friday. But it's just, but it's just so weird. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to go off on that tirade. Nah. But the oh. whole, I'm biased. I don't do this. Go read about the Lions. They were three thirteen and one this year, and I read about this team as if they won the Super Bowl. Yeah, and, and I I understand it. You're selling positivity. Yeah. You know, when my team loses, I'm not going to read those articles about them losing. I understand that. But just don't tell me you look at it from both angles. No, you Because you can't because no. there would have been stories about doubting Dan Campbell. There would have been stories about doubting Brad Holmes after you trade for him. People told me I was crazy when I was just like, yeah, maybe you should just go ahead and fire him after year one. You can't do that. Like, yeah, teams have done it before, guys. And so go look at Arizona, what they did right, before do, they got do, Cliff Kingsbury. Right. Do you really think that this is good? you got to give them a chance? Well, no, no, you don't. Because in business, if you hire somebody and they're not working out, you get rid of them. Right. Right. If they're not helping you better your company or your career and what you're trying right, you to get come to. In, you coming in in the first six months, you blow the big deal. Yeah, you know what? You're fired. If I come in here and I print or I post 10 stories a day and every single one of those has spelling errors, punctuation errors, whatever it might be, most likely I'm going to get let go. Yeah, no. So if you go and coach a team and you don't lead them to success, the uh, writing's on the wall. But I, right. I digress. But just talking about the game, I just... I'm really excited for this basketball game. I know your partner from 2-6 to six on 97 won the ticket will say he's not excited for the game, but He'll I really, watch. really am. He'll I mean, watch it. It's 12.30 Saturday afternoon. Tell me what else you're going to look forward to on Saturday because the championship games aren't on Saturday. No. You know what I mean? Like, we don't have great teams around here. This right. is the best we're going to see. This is the best we're going to see. This may be the one and only time that they play. Probably will be based on I their schedules. Michigan's trying to... But do you bend over backwards for it? You no. don't need it. i, I got to be honest with you. If I'm Michigan State and Purdue, no, I'm not going to give up one of my off days to go travel to Ann Arbor. And I know for MSU, you're like, well, it's only 46 miles down the road. True, but you may need to give your players that day off. They may need the rest late down the season, and it's a game you don't need. Well, and you're right because you're getting to the thick of the Big Ten race, and they'll play games usually on Tuesday, Saturday, or Wednesday, Sunday, something like that, where they're playing their two games a week. You throw in a third game in a week, you're really going to throw a team off. You're right. Now you, you may be playing Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Tuesday. And that's, listen, NBA teams don't play like that. Right, so... That's why I, I I really don't 
see this happening. And it's not them ducking back. I mean, I, I think the only honestly, Evan, I think the only way this happens is if Michigan goes on a run and it looks like they need those games to get into the tournament. And if that's the case, the Big Ten's gonna look at the dollar amounts and say, well, the more Big Tens we Big Ten teams we have in the tournament, we can get more money. Yeah, can the Big Ten dictate and say you guys oh, are playing it, this? It's up to the it's technically up to the Big Ten. Okay. To get this thing done. But if Michigan and because let's Michigan's well, they got 13 games left in the Big Ten or 12 games left. I can figure it out for you real quick, but they have to win. The way I figure it is in order for Michigan to make the tournament without a miraculous run. They have 11 the Big, games left. Okay. So in order for them to make the the, the NCAA tournament without a miraculous run through the Big Ten tournament and winning it all, they have to go at a minimum seven and four. Yeah, because well, and they also don't play. They it's on the writing is on the wall for them because okay, so they play Michigan State's a ranked team. That's one. They'll play Purdue, Ohio State, Wisconsin, Illinois. And I think they played Purdue. They once. had Ohio State twice. Okay, and then Ohio State. So they'll play six ranked teams. Right. So if you go three and three in those games, do you think that's good enough to make them get to the tournament? I mean, if Purdue's going to be ranked but, high. Yeah, but the thing is, you got all those other losses. The, you're, they do look at bad losses. Seven and four is their minimum without having to sweat this thing out, without having to. You go seven and four, and you're going to probably be in the MSU spot last year where you're going to be watching games you never thought you were going to watch to see if at least your team could make it into the play in game. Yeah. And I mean, in the Big Ten, I mean, they play Rutgers again. Rutgers gave them plenty of fits. Well, they lost to them. Right. Illinois, they lost to Wisconsin. They haven't played yet. Yeah. They got, yeah. So, you know, when you look at their schedule, they got at Purdue. Um, They got a home and home with Ohio State. They're at Wisconsin. They're at Iowa. Yep. And then they're also they at Ohio State to end the season. Illinois at home and Michigan State. So, yeah, if Michigan State beats them, then that narrows your thing down where you could only, hypothetically speaking, MSU wins Saturday. Michigan can only lose three more times the rest of the season. And you know That's what? A, it can happen. And some teams. Because we saw MSU last year with their back against the pressure. wall. And they went out there and knocked off a ranked Indiana, a ranked Illinois, and a ranked Michigan team and made the tournament. And they needed that. If they right. would have lost one of those games, they were out of that tournament. So if you're Michigan, it, it the tables are now turned. How much do you make of I, – I heard Robbie Hummel, who, by the way, is fabulous on color commentary, who also works for ESPN and Big Ten Network. I'm not sure how that works, but that's awesome that he's on these games. Independent contractor is that he was making a comment about how some of these guys, because of COVID last year, this is their first time playing in front of packed houses. Mm-hmm. How much do you think that weighs into it? Like, like you Tyson saw, I Walker. Mean, you, you, like, he didn't play in front of crowds like this where he came from. Right, but he, you know, he also played the year before. Too. Sure. But, no, you look at Max Christie, Chicago kid going back to Illinois. I'm sure he had a lot of family there to watch him. They were booing him, too. Did he have interest in Illinois? He didn't have interest in Illinois, but I mean, he comes he cuts back from there, okay. and you know, he had family there, and you know, it it, it the moment got too, a little too big for him. Let's yeah. just call it what it is. At, at Wisconsin, he's looking great. He gets to Illinois, it's like, dude, have you never played basketball before? Like the one turnover late in the game, where he fired it out of bounds, 
And Tyson Walker's like, well, I'm, hey, I'm right here. Yeah. He was why, trying to lead them, and there was no need for a lead. Why did you throw a 100-mile-an-hour fastball, and I'm 10 feet away from you? You know what he what he, he did? He, he became a freshman. It was almost like when we talked about Caleb Houston earlier this year where you play 30 minutes, but you look at the stat sheet, and you're like, what the hell did you do while you were out there for 30 minutes? And Caleb Houston seemingly has gotten over that hump the last four games, mm-hmm. where it seems the last four games for Max Christie and Michigan State, two have been good, two have been very absent games. And if you want to be a top pick in the NBA and and do all of that, I'm sorry, but it's like you can't you can't like overlook it. And I don't I don't know. It's just so interesting because listen, in years past, I, I forget who I was talking to. And you look at Tom Izzo in Michigan State, you look at like Bridges and Jackson and all them, and you're like, that's a Final Four team. But the teams that he usually brings to the Final Four are more like this team. You know what I mean? It is, but this team is still minus that leader. And, well, yeah, and, I, I, and 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 until you establish, like I said, whether it was Aaron Henry who finally admitted and said, "Okay, it's me," maybe it is Malik Hall. Maybe it is Malik you don't Hall. Have to I mean, be here's the, best the thing: player on the court, uh, Michigan State's in the comeback. I think I read the stat that the final nine points that Michigan State had, either Malik Hall scored or he assisted on, so he was a key part of the comeback. Yeah, and Tom's realizing, too, because I saw a quote where he said, yes, I should have played him more in the first half. Now, people always ask, why doesn't Malik Hall start? From the information I gathered, it's to keep Joey Hauser involved in the game. Now, I know Joey Hauser's not anybody's favorite person, but at the end of the game, Joey Hauser and Malik Hall are the reasons why Michigan State had a chance to win. Joey Hauser is a try-hard guy, and – he did a lot of stuff well. Now, you know, yeah, maybe he should have had his foot off the line and that three-pointer that he made. Because I thought it was a three. I'm like, well, why aren't they giving him the extra point? They but never showed saying, us that replay either. They didn't. They were just like, nah, it's 50. I'm like, it should be 51. But Hauser gets the rebounds. Hauser, it's how, because I guess coming off the bench, Hauser's not as actively involved. Whereas Malik is kind of like Morris Peterson for you old heads. Mo Pete could come off the bench. And it was no big deal for him. And I think I think starting is a little overrated. And what I mean by that, if you watch Michigan State for either this year, last year, or the last 20 years, Izzo makes a lot of substitutions at the 18-minute mark. If he right. doesn't like what you're doing right away, you're off that floor. Right. That's why that doesn't matter to me. And it's all about who's on that game at the end of the game, right? right. If, Malik, if the right players are out there in crunch time, I'm okay with it, right? It's a 40-minute game. No games have been won in the first five minutes. I take that back. Some games have been won in the first five minutes when it's a blowout. Right. Most of the time, it does not happen that way. You know what I mean? And, like, even Wisconsin was a prime example. When they went down 8 nothing. I was like, oh, boy, this could snowball really fast. And then they went on, like, a 29-7 to run or something ridiculous. Uh, they, I think they finished on a 86 to – was it 86 to 52 run or something? Yeah. Yeah, and it's just – I mean, and that's what I mean by it. Like, if – Tom has a lot of guys where it's like, we'll see what they got tonight. And it's not a consistency thing, which kind of sucks, but you hope that they get there. You know what I'm saying? When you look at the University of Michigan, now granted last night was a different thing, but you know what you're getting out of Dickinson. You're going to get 25 minutes, you're going to get 20 points and 9 rebounds, right? Right. You know that that's what you're going to get out of him. When I put out the starting lineup with Michigan State, I could ask you any given night, what are they going to do? And you'll be like, I don't know. So, yeah, this is going to be a big test for Michigan State. 
It's great. You split. I mean, it was a thing that you asked for going on the road at Wisconsin, at Illinois. You had the opportunity to sweep both. And you kind of would have thought it would have been reversed. Right. <laughs> Especially with Illinois down. It was a blown opportunity. But now, yeah, it's the Michigan game coming up. I think Michigan State, I asked my guy in Vegas, I think Michigan State will be a three-and-a-half-point favorite That's in the game. That's what I was wondering because ESPN doesn't have it listed yet. But with college games, they really don't list until, what, the night before? Yeah, it's the night before, the day of. But, yeah, barring any injury, he said it should be Michigan State favored by, like, three-and-a-half, maybe four-and-a-half. But, yeah, he, he did the algorithm and said that that's what he was looking for. So we'll have to, uh, we'll have to see about that. Um, football? Yeah, we, we do have to kind of talk about the situation going on in Ann Arbor. Um, well, Mike McDonald's leaving. He's going back to the Ravens. And I'm glad that we can, we can talk this through, okay? Because some of the times when I talk to people about it, I'm talking to people that might think of it differently than I do. You think Jim Harbaugh knowing hiring Mike McDonald, he was going to leave a year later and would have still made that hire? I think so. Really? Just because of the success that they got out of it? Because now does this put Michigan in a pickle with their defensive coordinator leaving, who seemingly was the guy for that job? You know what I mean? Um, And, like, his uh, see, brother here, coming back and taking him, knowing what it's going to do to the staff at Michigan? See, here's how I see it, it was going down. I think John Harbaugh, the coach of the Ravens, saw potential in Mike McDonald. But I don't have a place for you right now. So I'm going to loan you to my brother as an internship, really. It's a highly paid million-dollar internship. Sure. Go to the college ranks. Go cut your teeth. Go get your experience. And the second we get this opening back, we're going to bring you back here. But right now, as a linebacker's coach, you don't have that experience. I need you to go out there, get your hands dirty, hold defensive meetings, Whole coordinator meetings. Do all the stuff that we're going to need you to do. Go do it at Michigan. And I think Jim knew. You, he's yours on loan. And when I need him, I'm going to call him back. And you're not going to fight me on this. You're going to, give him, you're going to hand him back to me, a, a changed man. And I think that's exactly what you're seeing is that, yeah, he did that. And now he's going to be headed back to, to, to the Ravens. And he's got his experience. He had a top defense in college football, yeah, and he's ready. And I think Harbaugh knew that. Uh, I look at uh, Elston, Mike Elston, the guy they got from Notre Dame. He's a possible person for the – I'm thinking they'll probably go a co-defensive coordinator with Mike Elston from Notre Dame, and you're probably going to look at Steve Klinksdale, and they'll be the co-coordinators. Okay. Because Klinksdale had it in his contract that – if he hit certain things, that he would get an opportunity to become at least a co-coordinator. Right. Okay. That's a, that's a good point. You do you think this has any correlation with Jim Harbaugh looking around in the NFL? Allegedly, I, I, I don't. I, I don't even know if I believe that. I think he's Jim Harbaugh looking jobs. around in the NFL is waiting to see what the Raiders want. If the Raiders want him, so I think for Jim, you go business as usual, and if the Raiders call, you go to the Raiders. But if the Raiders don't call. You got to keep recruiting. You got to keep doing everything. And I think that's what he's at. I don't think that there's NFL interest. I think that there's only Jim La- Harbaugh Las Vegas Raider interest. Okay. And th- and that's interesting to me, too. Nobody because- else is bringing him out there to interview. No. And I mean, you saw the Broncos hire Green Bay's offensive coordinator today as their head coach. And 
You don't even hear Jim Harbaugh actually getting like an interview with any team or any team even reaching out to his people or who like I don't know who you would even reach out to to get a hold of him. You know what I mean? He doesn't have uh, an agent. He has a lawyer that works with them. And I'm just curious because do you think this will set back Michigan at all? Losing their defensive coordinator. Well, I mean, I think Michigan was going to get set back a little bit. Now, here's the funny thing, and I heard this stat this morning. Uh, I think I heard it on the morning show, driving in. But every Michigan first-year defensive coordinator. Okay. I didn't realize that, but I'm like, yeah, the first-year defensive coordinator from Jim Herman to uh, DJ Durkin, uh, DJ to Durkin, Don Brown, Don Brown, uh, uh, to Mike McDonald. No, I mean, and and uh, in 06, uh, the guy that ends up, uh, he the brother coached at um, Eastern for a little bit. Ah, oh, I can see his face. <laughs> but he in 2000, and you know when when they played the, the showdown game with Ohio State, one versus two. Yeah, that they've done. Ron, Ron um, English, English, yeah, in their first year. Lights out. Yeah. And then the league figures them out. So maybe next year, Michigan's defense will be good again. First year defensive coordinator. Um, will it reflect on but, recruiting at all? But you're Look. missing, man, you, you're, you're missing like up to 10 starters on defense. Yes. And that's why I wonder because, I mean, Mike McDonald came in with three first round picks on that defense. Aiden Hutchinson and David Ajabo, or as uh, Joel Klatt liked to call him during the Michigan-Michigan State game, Ojibo. Ojibo. And I'm like, what is Because I just rewatched it the other night, and I'm like, Ojibo? Yeah. But they made his job a lot easier. Right. You know what I mean? When you can create that, and also I think a lot of the Big Ten teams make your job easier. No, they do. You know there's, what, three games a year that you really Dude, they, have to worry they, about let's in the be Big real. Ten? Let's be real. They had to go against... Two offenses, and they split them. Michigan they, State and Ohio State, and 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 Ohio State still scored a bunch of points. You yeah. didn't shut them down; you just outscored them. Yeah, and you outmanned them that game, right? But Michigan State, you couldn't stop Kenneth Walker to save your life. No, let's just be real throughout the entire game. Because I, I mean, I'm, I'm checking right you. now, and they said Kenneth Walker just scored again. Number six, huh? Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, he went up against a, ba- a lot of bad offenses. But, yeah, I think the next guy coming in, you're going to have your hands full because you're going to be starting from scratch. Well, and you, and you also go to a school with a lot of expectations. I think the uh, Michigan's going to lean on their offense. Their offense. Sure. Are you surprised, by the way, we haven't heard any news about a quarterback leaving at all? Or even thinking about leaving? No, because for somehow they're able to brainwash guys to stick around. I, I think at the end of spring camp, at the end, end of the spring, one of them's going to leave. You know what? I'll give if those two kids both stay and JJ McCarthy and Cade McNamara, I give them a ton of credit for sticking that. I, out. I, I think one of them leaves before the fourth game of the season. Okay, so you get that red shirt year. Yeah, and well, somebody's going to be like, you know what? This isn't what was promised to me. And if I leave, it's like when Chase Klein left right after the, the Nebraska game. They're like, what happened? He was making plays. Yeah, I, I need to keep an extra year. Yeah, and, and I just I just wonder because, I mean, Cade did everything and more that they asked for. I, I laugh because, to me, Cade McNamara was Stetson Bennett for Georgia. Yes. He was the guy that nobody wanted to see. Nobody. They all wanted the JT Daniels. 
And eventually you saw JT Daniels said, you know what? I'm out. How can you compete against a guy that just won the title? You can't. It's over. And I'm. I, that's how I'm feeling like for Michigan fans, like, this guy won you a Big Ten. How? Without making mistakes. And let's be real. You know, in, in, in the one game you lost that year, he may have played his best game against Michigan State. He was outstanding against Michigan State. He, it wasn't. Their defense let them down. It was not his fault for losing that well, game. Well, and, and and J.J., the moment got oh, a little too big for him and, on that fumble. And, and that would be the only thing that would concern me about those quarterbacks. J.J. will make bigger plays, sexier plays, plays that will be on ESPN and top 10. But he's also going to make those plays where you're like, but see, yeah, it's easy. That's a mistake. It's, it's easy to make those plays when you know it's it's the substitute teacher. The substitute teacher can come in and hand out candy and do all types of stuff because they know I'm not your real teacher. I'm here for maybe three, four days max, and then I'm gone. Mm-hmm. Whereas the real teacher can't just hand you out candy and be Mr. or Mrs. Nice Guy. They got to actually do something. And yeah, it's like a babysitter compared to your parents. Yeah, babysitter's gonna let you have that ice cream. <laughs> Whatever, but just dude. don't tell your parents. By the know? time the parents realize you high off sugar, I'm long gone and got paid. <laughs> right. But the parents, sugar. <laughs> they 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 got to stay up with you because it's now two o'clock in the morning and you're bouncing off the wall because the damn babysitter gave them so right. much sugar. So it's one of those that yeah, JJ can come. That was Cade last year. Yeah. You know, when Joe Milton was the main guy, Cade could come in and do some crazy stuff, and people like it. And if it's, yeah, I'm not the main guy anyway. And it's so crazy to me, too, because this whole time, you know, that that Jim Harbaugh's been at Michigan, we've talked about he needs to get his guy. And it's like, you have your guy now. You Cade could your, be there another two years right, but and it lead looks, your it offense. Lo- it looks better if it's the five-star that you got on. So you know that- what? I saw a graphic um, about all these guys in the NFL right now that are performing for their playoff teams and the amount of two stars with like Travis Kelsey and like yeah. all the Tyree Kill, all these big time players. Patrick Mahomes was a two star kid. And it's like your stars don't matter. I think you told me the story about Will Golston and Le'Veon Bell where I got five stars and you don't and blah, blah, blah. Right. And yes, the kid might. Take that as a gloating thing. It's clout. You get to get coach, to put it on your Twitter. You know, and the coach does too because he could say, "I get nothing but five stars who come to my school and look at this, and you could be the next guy." Yeah, it's a bragging thing to walk well, in there and be braggadocious and look at what I I got a bunch of five. Look at the class I I brought in the number one class. Well, hell, go look at um. Who's I mean, the, think about it. Michigan basketball bragged about their number one basketball class. All their stars. They don't look like a number one class. Kentucky does it all the time. They don't look that great. Memphis? <laughs> okay, yeah, exactly. Have, have fun, Memphis. But <laughs> it's <sighs> it's it's so you can you can walk in and, and you can put a plaque on the thing saying, yep, we got another top five class. Yeah, but then you can look at it the other way and be like, yeah, you're the coach that gets these five stars and does nothing with That was them. Kirby Smart's problem. Kirby Smart was uh, the he was on a little bit of a hot seat because yeah you keep bringing in top three classes and you don't win and you know what's crazy if he has two subpars years the next two years they'll fire him yeah instantly so that's why the stars don't matter but they matter. 
because in the offseason, it gives you something to talk about, and it gives you a measuring stick of how good your program is over another program. So I saw maybe a week or two ago, I don't know if it was 24-7 or Rivals, but they put out their new updated top 100 for this year's class going in. And the kid that's coming to Michigan from Gross Point, is it Johnson is his last Will name? Johnson. Okay, the cornerback. He's now number five player in America. Right. How do you jump up that many spots when you haven't played a football game since November? Uh, you do a lot of the seven on seven, a lot of camps. That's how it used to be back in the but, day. I mean, what you know, is seven it, and it, seven it, in it's, camp? It's show based you? off of what school you're going to. Now, Will Johnson is good, and he's you know, it was no shock that he goes to Michigan. He's the son of Deion Johnson, who played at Michigan in the nineties, and Deion was good at Michigan in the nineties. Uh, he's one of the co-founders of Sound Mind, Sound Body. So yeah, I've known Dion and, and for a long time. I know. I just look at it and I'm like, Gross Point South has never been a powerhouse for football no, it's, ever. It's it's one of those. It's you're speculating he's going to be this top player, top player like better than Dax Hill was. Well, different position. Sure, he's coming in and yeah, I as think, a straight man to man corner. I, right? I think he's going to be corner. From day one, I think he's wearing number one next year. You think he'll start from day oh, one, Oh, he's going to start. Okay. He's going to start. Now, here's the other thing, and then I'll get to your question soon. But Oh, you're going to love it this week. For Here's the, the good thing about whoever is the defensive coordinator for Michigan. You play a piss-poor, god-awful schedule next year. Yeah, dude. Matt, so, you know they what? They should score 100 on Hawaii. You know what? You should be able to win eight games in your sleep. By just showing up, by yeah. what Michigan State thinks they can do when players are out. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> your non-conference, that's three victories. So now, your whole season really boils down to, once again, I think three games. Because I don't think Caleb Williams goes to Wisconsin. Neither do I. So it boils down to Clifford at Penn State, Thorne at Michigan State, and – and uh, um, uh, Ohio State QB. Uh, 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 Stroud, C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud. That's what it boils down to. That's your season. Because Hawaii, UConn, and Colorado State, that's an embarrassment. If I'm a fan, I, I, I'm like, you got to do better, Ward. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't want to spend $80 to go see those games. And, oh, that's another thing. Oh, we're going to have to talk about it another time. Ward Manuel's new job. College football playoff. Committee. Oh, but he'll have nothing to do with the Big Ten. Okay. I'd just say it's the perfect excuse why Ohio State and Michigan State's low falling in the rankings. You know, Ward, he hates us. But yeah, he's got to recuse himself, folks. Um, so go ahead. You ready? Yeah. Okay. So the last couple of weeks, I've asked you about comic books. I blame Rico Beard for me now owning four comic books: Peacemaker, Vigilante's first appearance, this Defenders '84, which I've got. I opened one of them. I was going to read it. But what the hell is that smell that comes from those pieces of paper, man? It's the paper. Oh, my. It stinks. It, no, no. It's it's the paper because it was printed on special paper back in the day. Okay. So mine are mostly from early 80s to the right, mid-80s. Right. So back then, yeah, it, it, people didn't save them because, because now people, you know, they file them away so it never breathes. It's like an old book smell. Oh, my God. The, well, and the, I don't read books, right, so I wouldn't it's, have it's, that. It's but. why when you go into the, the bowels of a library, you know, they still exist. Yeah. It's, it has a certain smell because the pages, the, the paper that they made, they don't make that paper anymore. <laughs> 
<laughs> and because the book doesn't get open, it's like anything just sits there. Like so old when you milk, open right? it, it's right. It's like it, it's finally getting a chance to breathe a little bit. So yes. That's why they all smell that way, but that's how you know they're authentic comics. Okay, because I opened it, and I was going to read it, and I'm like, I can't do it. That's <laughs> how you know they're authentic comics, because that's a comic that hasn't been opened in a long time. Okay, so a follow-up to that. Is there a website, or can I Google to read comics online? Instead of opening that, would I be able to read it online? That's a great I know a lot of newer comics have digital editions. Right, because I wonder if I can go back but and I read don't know, it. But I don't know if old comics... Yeah, quit being a little girl. And it's also hard to read on those. Those damn words are so tiny. You know, put on your reading glasses and just <laughs> read it. You know, okay, so what's funny that you mentioned it about old milk or whatever. So when I had my surgery on my leg, right, I had uh, screws put into my knee. And so when they took the screws out, they put them in a little jar. <laughs> And at the time, I was living with a buddy, and he got all drunk, and he's like, I'm going to smell these. And I'm like, what do you mean you're going to smell these? Opened it up. It was the most rancid right. smell ever. Right. That's what we're saying. Same with the comic book. Like, mine are in, like, it's, that's why a lot of them are just hermetically sealed. Okay. And will never be opened again. Because the more wear and tear you have, it take, you know tears apart the book. You get decreases and all of that stuff. So, yeah, that's why most of the books I have have a, a cardboard backing and they're inside of plastic. But the older the book, the older the paper, yeah. the older the smell. I was just so shocked by it. I was taking because it's been so long since I've even. I mean, think about it. If, if this building, if nobody was in this building for an entire year and you opened the door for the first time, it would have a smell to it. Yeah. Because. Well, it's like going to people's houses that you don't normally go to and you're like. What's that smell in here? No, no, but I'm saying, like, it's because it's been, it's been closed off. Yeah. So that's why they have that smell. Well, that's interesting. I'm glad I asked, and I've been it, waiting for this one. I almost texted you over the weekend, but I was like, no, I'm going to wait the for old, the podcast. Yeah, it's the old paper that they're, they're, like, the new comics are written on different type of paper. Do you have a prediction for the game this weekend? I think MSU wins. I think the crowd will get involved. I'm thinking Michigan State probably wins by like ten or eleven. Okay, kind of pull away free throws late. I think it'll be, a, I think it'll be a challenge. But I think all things will hold true. I think Michigan will hit that point in the second half where they just can't score. And also, it'll finally, feel like college basketball to a lot of people because that game is on CBS. Okay, you know what I mean. Like when those games start being on CBS on Saturday and Sunday, early afternoon. Yeah. That's when college basketball is really revving up for a lot of people. Me, I'll watch from exhibition game one, but I know I'm in the minority. But the CBS game, 1230, I mean, the place is going to be rocking. Yeah. I can't wait. So that's how I see it. All right, for Evan Jenkins, I'm Rico Beard. Thanks for listening. You got a long version today, so uh, hope you enjoyed it. Keep downloading this. Keep telling your friends. We'll be back with another edition of the Five Star Zone soon.